Welcome to day 43 of season three, Shaped by the Word, uh, the story of the prophets. We've been reading Isaiah. We come to Isaiah chapter six, which is one of the most grand chapters in all of Scripture, as Isaiah sees a vision of the Lord, and he sees the Lord in all of his magnificence, and then he sees himself for all of his inadequacies. Mm-hmm. And yet he responds to the call of the Lord. Uh, we have Jeremiah's call at the very beginning of his prophecy. Uh, we don't have Isaiah's call until chapter 6 because the indictments uh, that the Lord is making against Israel are so stark and so strong uh, that they, you, you have them from the very beginning, just these hard-hitting indictments that you've been faithful to me. You're simply going through the motions. You have not respected or honored the least of these among you. And you're simply uh, offering your hearts to idols. Uh, so we've had the indictments, and here we have the call, and this is one of the most grand calls in all of Scripture. So we come to Isaiah chapter 6 before we read and before we experience this encounter of the Lord's presence with Isaiah. Uh, let's offer ourselves and offer this moment to the Lord. I'm Paul. I'm here with uh, Cindy and David. Kresge's are camping in Colorado Bend. Not Colorado Bend in Colorado, That's but Colorado Bend in Texas. <laughs> so it's a little bit warmer, but it's a pretty good day. Mm-hmm. Hope they're having fun and doing their own podcast out there on the Colorado <laughs> River. Uh, David, do you mind lifting us up with a word of prayer before no, we dig in? Pray. And Father, we do thank you for uh, time in your word. And we do ask as we look here at Isaiah 6, um, that more than just being words on the page, um, may your living and active word uh, do a deep work in us, um, convict us, encourage us, uh, renew our hearts. Uh, for so often we're very weary and tired. And so we thank you for the strength that your word provides, which is a strength that comes from you that we don't have on our own. And so, Father, may you uh, encourage us as your people today. We pray this all in the great name of Jesus. Amen. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seating on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying, and they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. The sound of their voices, the doorposts and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. He said, Go and tell this people, be ever hearing, but never understanding, be ever seeing, but never perceiving. Make the heart of this people callous, make their ears dull and close their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed. Then I said, For how long, Lord? And he answered, Until the cities lie ruined and without inhabitant, until the houses are left deserted and the fields ruined and ravaged, until the Lord has sent everyone far away and the land is utterly forsaken. And though a tenth remains in the land, it will be laid waste. But as the terebinth and the oak leave stumps when they are cut down, see the holy seed will be the stump in the land. So you have a magnificent uh, encounter with the Lord, but you also see the uh, the power and the might of the Lord's judgment here. 
And uh, Isaiah first sees it for himself. He says, well, it's me. I'm a man with unclean lips. I live among a people of unclean lips. And uh, you have a beautiful picture of the gospel. We see the majesty and the purity of the Lord, which leads us to see that we've fallen far short of God's glory. And the only way we can be restored is for us to be cleansed. And you have the image, image of fire. And this is an image, you know, both of judgment, but judgment is for the sake of cleansing and for the sake of, you know, purity. And, of course, we're reminded of the words of, you know, John, there's one coming after me uh, whose sandals I'm unworthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And you have those purifying images used also in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, rather. you got to see Isaiah, he's... He, he sees the Lord and, and he's undone. And we've seen that kind of several times throughout the scriptures so far leading up to this. As, But again, man, I, mean, I just can't even imagine what it would be to, to truly see the Lord and his responses. He sees his sin in light of the holy, holy, holiness of the Lord as they're crying out. And so just seeing that holiness of the Lord, the, the sinfulness of Isaiah and, and the people, but then there's a grace given where um, your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Atoned for. Obviously, this happens with a coal here, but we know that comes later. It will be ultimately happening in Christ Jesus. So seeing the holiness of God, the sinfulness of man, how do we fix this? Well, it's fixed through Jesus. So again, just kind of a cool little gospel yeah. scene there. And the contrast you know, that we start with in the year you know, King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. And the story of Uzziah is a very tragic story. Uh, he was one of you know the bright spots in the nation of Israel. He was one who came on the scene deeply trusted in the Lord. He came to the throne when he was about sixteen years old, and there's a haunting you know little line in Chronicles it says he was greatly helped until he became powerful. And when he became powerful, and when he had much success, success went to his head, and he actually walked into the temple himself to offer incense, and the priest warned him, you know that that was far out of bounds. And even as they warned him, he broke out in leprosy. So he finished the rest of his life, you know, isolated from the, the rest of Israel in a little house apart from the palace, uh, not being able to be connected to people. And, and so you have this real contrast between a, a human king who can have moments, you know, of brilliance, but also moments of utter failure in contrast with the true king the one who is high and lifted up, whose glory fills the entire earth. And even though you know Isaiah sees the Lord, he doesn't really describe to us the Lord. He describes the bottom and the top, and he describes you know, his, uh, the train of his robe, which fills the temple. Or, and then he also describes the seraphim that are flying above him. And it's almost as if you know, he, he's afraid you know, to see or to look into the face of the Lord himself but we don't get a description of the lord we just get a description of his glory, glory. Mm-hmm. and it's wonderful whenever you know whenever they speak the doorpost in the temple and the doorpost in the temple by the way with these large stone pillars you know begin to shake and the temple is filled with smoke which of course is the old testament mm-hmm. uh, manifestation of god on sinai mm-hmm. and in the you know tabernacle mm-hmm. and in the temple initially and the idea of the smoke is it shields us from the glory of the Lord, which is you know too great for us. This is one of the most mm-hmm. wonderful visions you know of God that we have in in the entire mm-hmm. uh, in the entire you know in the entire Bible. They're very rare. There's only two or three occasions mm-hmm. Moses mm-hmm. You know, has an encounter with the Lord like this, and Ezekiel has an encounter with the Lord like this, mm-hmm. and Isaiah has an encounter with the Lord like this.
It kind of reminded me of just the description even of the Ark of the Covenant, you know, with the um, the seraphim on top and kind of containing God's glory, which if you were to touch that, you would die immediately. So just the holiness of God, and yet, you know, this coal would come and touch the, the lips of Isaiah. So, I mean, this is a really magnificently holy moment as far as God's and, presence. Well, there, and there is a, you know, there is a slight, you know, difference. Uh, it is cherubim uh, that are over the face, you know, of the, the you know, of the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. And most often we're describing cherubim. And when cherubim are described, they have four wings. These have six wings. Mm-hmm. Uh, seraphim means, you know, fiery ones. But uh, the idea of the cherubim, you know, in the garden mm-hmm. and over the Ark of the Covenant and the seraphim in this particular instance is they guard the holiness or protectors of the holiness mm-hmm. of the Lord. But even they, even though they're these glorious creatures, you know, that uh, right now, according to the psalmist, we're just a little bit lower, you know, than them. Mm-hmm. Even they have to cover their face mm-hmm. in the presence, you know, of the Holy One and their feet, yeah. you yeah. know, as well. And, and you're reminded of, you know, what God said to Moses whenever he comes into the presence of the burning rose, take off your sandals. This, this mm-hmm. is a holy place. Mm-hmm. So they cover their face and their feet, and they cry out, holy, holy, holy. This is the Lord God Almighty. Mm-hmm. And Isaiah's call into ministry here, you know, he, he sees the Lord, he has this moment, who shall I send? Send me, let me go. And then he's like, okay, wh- wh- what do we tell the people? He's like, tell the people you'll always be hearing but never understanding mm-hmm ever seen, never perceiving, uh, their heart's going to be callous, their ears are going to be dull, their eyes are going to be closed. And it's like, that's a tough invitation in the ministry. And then Isaiah's like, for how long, Lord? And this is going to be a long, a long haul for him. Until the judgment is, is fulfilled. And, and of course, you have here a picture of what Paul talks about in Romans. Uh, you know, that people neither acknowledged God and glorified him at God, nor gave thanks to him for all of his creed, and he gave them over. Mm-hmm. And so here he is, you know, Isaiah's ministry from the outset, to, you know, the Lord's warning to him is this is not going to be, mm-hmm. you know, successful ministry where, you know, thousands of people turn in repentance. You're going to give them my word. They're going to ignore my word. And as a result of ignoring my word, their hearts are going to be hardened. And as a result of the hardened hearts, this judgment will be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And so there are only you know, two responses you know, that we can have you know, to God's word. And one is complete obedience, or other is hardening mm-hmm. every time we refuse God's word. And so this is a picture of what Paul is talking about in Romans. He gave them over. In the same way he gave the Gentile world over to all kinds of depravity, he is giving uh, Israel over to hardness of heart, which will eventually you know, lead to judgment. So uh, Isaiah is told, you can preach and preach and preach, but uh, there will not be repentance. There will not be you know, a return. There will not be revival. And uh, sometimes that is the, the sad call of, you know, of being a prophet in, in, in difficult times. Mm-hmm. You know, that God's word you know, will indeed be my. And by the way, that uh, passage is the most uh, quoted Old Testament passage in all the New Testament. And we see it six times you know, in Scripture. Uh, we see it four times on the lips of Jesus and twice mm-hmm. on the lips of Paul in, in both Acts and in, and in Romans. And it's a reminder again to the Jewish people of Jesus' generation. You're, you're hearing, you're hearing, you're hearing, but you're not. Mm-hmm. And, and the result is a hardening, and the result of hardening will, in the end, be judgment, uh, just like the judgment you know, during the period of the exile. Mm-hmm. 
So it is a strong call to all of us as well mm-hmm. uh, to hear mm-hmm. and, and to respond. And, and that's what the writer of Hebrews says. You know, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as they did in the wilderness. And, of course, as they did here. And, of course, as they had done in Jesus' day as well. And so it's a very real danger, you know, the danger of a hard heart. Mm. Cindy, do you mind closing us with mm. a word of prayer? Sure. Well, these are strong and heavy words. Uh, we start out just... Um, with Isaiah being in your presence, in your holiness, and then uh, moving to the condition of our hearts, Father. And we know that that there is this huge chasm between you and your holiness and ours, um, our depravity and our sin. Yet, Father, we know that you have a plan and a way and a will for us, and that is through your Son, and we thank you for that. We ask, Father, that you and now, you would continue to do a work in our heart that would Replace that heart of stone with a heart of flesh, Lord, and that you would be our God and that we would be in awe of who you are and all of your holiness. So thank you for these words, Father. They're hard, but may we um, take the caution and may we stand in awe of who you are and love you and worship you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.